and welcome to 10 Very Big Books, the podcast of the century. Um, with me today is my uh, producer, Anthony Jr., <gasps> Tallahassee, uh, what? Double Down, Fileri. You really lost me in the latter half there, but yeah. Now, is, was Double Down a reference to the famed Double Down sandwich from Kentucky Fried Chicken? I actually have a great memory. I thought of AJ <laughs> the other day. This just is a bit of a tale about me and AJ's high school life. At one point, a Popeyes came to our town. We were so stoked about it. We were there opening day for the oh, opening yes, ceremony of the I Popeyes. Love, I love that. I don't think that was me. AJ, you 100% went with me. I don't know. <laughs> okay, well, anyway. <laughs> I don't remember that And at listen, all, I stand so. by it. Popeyes is great. Popeyes and is if good. you don't like Popeyes, Popeyes, you don't like me. I do like Popeyes, um, and I do like you, and I do like the podcast. There we are. And the third voice on the show is uh, Joshua Baker. <laughs> wow. I just get my my name today. That's nice. I like this. Is uh, one, one Jay Bakes. Yeah. Um, I was, I was going to put out your gamer tag, but I don't want to blast you. Too bad, you don't you know? even know what my gamer tag is anymore. I know what your old gamer tag is, bro. I don't think I use it on because uh, my brother uses it on everything now because he, you know, inherited all my shit. <laughs> it's so funny. Oh, it's an it's a handy down gamer. That's tag. not that's not a joke. Yeah. Did you hand down emails as well? No, I have the email for that. I have. <laughs> so I my I'll, you can bleep this, AJ. So it mm. was because I fucking love. Yes. So I have that email has that name on xbox but i don't play xbox anymore but he also has it on playstation so i have a different playstation gamer tag now so on both of those on like consoles he is but on pc stuff i'm incredible very annoying incredible that's so funny do you guys get a lot of each other's AJ. mail anyway sorry never never <laughs> aj do you use your childhood gamer tag oh yeah baby you know <laughs> You know, Can I? I'm using the same gamer tag I've been using since 2006 when I signed up for a for Xbox, a forum. No, I was oh on my a God. forum. I a legendary it. gamer tag. Oh, I, shout out. You know, can I say I uh, made my first the first time I needed an email and a password was for my Xbox 360 mm. online. And I, to this day, use the exact same password that I started using then. Nice. So Bro, hackers, so funny you, you, you can destroy me. <laughs> <laughs> it's so funny you say that because I was just thinking about how my I have several different passwords. Mm -hmm. However, they're all variations on a theme. And that theme was told to me by my dad when I was like 10 and making a uh, password for the first time. Amazing. You know? That's incredible. My, mine is a dumb thing I made in seventh grade. And then my second alternative password is the first thing I ever purchased with a debit card. Uh, Porn. You can believe this. You can you can believe this. It was <laughs> sold on YouTube. It was a it was a plushy. It was like a had a coming out of it. That's so. a good password, um, I think. And then the third one is a play on words with the one of my guitars. Wow. So yeah, this episode the the first two minutes of this episode is going to just gonna just be full bleep, of bleeps bleep, yeah, bleep, yeah. <laughs> i'll shout out and then we'll have to start the show our 10 very big book stuff has the best <laughs> password of all time me and aj are starting the show we're like what should we make our password for all this stuff and aj just looks at me and says it should be this bum 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 totally random stuff i've never thought about i have no idea why aj chose it but so random it's great fact, so random fact that i've been told it many times and have never remembered it <laughs> Exactly. Oh, it's, it's, it's it is like, safe. It's so funny. It's safe. It's safe and secure. So it's going to be a very laid back show today. Um, <laughs> you couldn't tell. 
Yeah. Why? I don't know. But um, here's what uh, we're going to do. We're going to be talking about Cracked Pot Trail. It's one of these uh, Corporal Broach and Botulin short stories. My official opinion, I don't know how my co-hosts feel. I don't know. This is not, there's not, it's not spoilerable is my official opinion so if if you want to listen i think you should listen but i don't know i don't know i don't know if my co-hosts want to contradict me i don't feel like there's some great thing to be revealed yeah here. i don't think uh, this no. has like a plot like there is kind of a plot but we're not really like we're not gonna be like spoiling plot beats i guess i don't know i think you can still have a fun time reading this if even if we do talk about the specifics of like the, yeah, like the beats yeah. that we hit because there's a lot of stuff in here yeah. Um, and I honestly, I think this episode might be a, a better primer. Like, I think you should listen to this before you read Crackpot Trail, because I did not know what this was about. And I would say the yeah. blurb on the back is also kind of deceptive. <laughs> um, I love it. I love it. I love the blurb. But yeah. Yeah. So originally we ordered a, a, the whole second volume, but we mm-hmm. just kind of didn't have time. We were busy with some stuff. So we're going to cover Crackpot Trail today. But in the near future ish, either on the Patreon or another offseason, we're going to talk about yeah. Fiends of Nightmaria and Worms of Blurmouth. Yeah. Okay, I'm so um, excited for all of these. <coughs> so with that said, let's turn our task to hand and put away our gamer tags and passwords. I'll never put down my gamer tag. Just classic podcast content. <laughs> Usernames and, and, and passwords. Gamer till I die, Peter. All right, you can't <laughs> take that from me. Classic radio content are internet passwords. <laughs> Bleeped. Um, all right. So with that said, uh, let's talk about Crackpot Trail. Yeah. I don't know what the blurb is on the back. The blurb, it, the blurb is uh, Steve does a riff on. It's like a Canterbury Tales yeah. Donner Party yeah. riff. That's what he said. It's what it is. You know. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so uh, there's some guys, gals. They're all on a trip to go uh, see an indifferent god and. Uh, the reason I say I don't really say it's spoilery because basically there's no plot. It's very style driven. Mm-hmm. So um, let's get into it. Josh, you're the most hyped out of anyone. <laughs> yeah. Tell me about why you love this thing. Yeah. From now on, whenever we get I get asked at the end of a book, like, what's my order of favorite books in the Malazan? <laughs> I'm going to start with Cracked Pot Trail number one. No forever. way. I am. I am. I adore this. I probably will reread it. Um, and I do not reread <laughs> hardly anything. Josh, this is blowing my mind. I absolutely loved it because I like when authors, in this case, Steve, like just unabashedly have stopped giving a shit Mm. about about anything. And that is this entire mini book is just Steve being like, look, I'm I'm going to jerk it for a bit here. All right. And uh, you're either along for the ride or you're not. And I couldn't care less. And that cavalier attitude is I get I totally get why AJ hates this, like uh, or just didn't vibe with it. I totally get it. But for me, uh, it was perfect. Just like how how little the audience is a consideration for the for this book. Yeah, it definitely feels like I think cavalier is a great word for it because it feels like this is like he sat down and said, I'm going to have some fun. I've been reading. Yeah. I, I I've just reread Canterbury Tales or whatever. I'm gonna make my own. Fuck yeah. it. And then he just sat down and did it. Ah, uh, yeah. I just watched Lost, and uh, that's what I'm gonna write about now. <laughs> Lo- Lost, but Malazan. <laughs> Fuck. Um. Yeah. So it's, and it's, I just mm. there's so so to okay like from the get go f- first funniest thing to me uh, the spoiler alert okay the whole plot is there's a trail these people are on it and they realize i the plot loosely is that they realize there's not enough food for this trek so mm. they should just eat each other and they Basically. start eating the artist but first funny thing is 
they do not need to eat anybody. They are like max. They are literally from the time the book starts until the time they get to the ferry. It's two and a half days. And they just go two and a half days. We'll never make it. Let's eat some fucking people. And they just get down into it. And I love just how dumb that is. They've they started eating each other on like day eight. Was it? Oh, you're right. You're right. There's like three or four unnamed people. You're right. Yeah. They're but like, then, this person went on the 11th and this person when we, went on the 10th when, day. What, you know. When we take it, they are yeah. imminently about to arrive. And they're like, yeah. well, we've already started eating people. <laughs> right. Yes. I'm not about to change for anybody. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I just, yeah. Should we should we say, Josh, I agree. The fact that this is not born out of necessity. Yeah. I mean, the whole thing is a comic story and that Mm -hmm. is a great comic. element. Yes, this is the the Corville Brooch and Boca Lane are inherently meant to be comedies of the darkest variety. (laughs) And I think if you are not ready for that, if you're not in the mood for that, you this will fall very flat for you. Mm. Yeah. And that's why I kind of think that this episode is like a good primer going into to reading this is because I was at some point at, at one point besides Spoiler, I guess the very last page expecting Corbel Brooch and or Bocalane to show up. I saw. Yeah. So here's my question for the two of you is at what point did you know they would never show up? I knew on do you know how like there's the prologue page yeah. that's in italicized. Yeah. I knew on the first sentence of the next chapter that I would not see Corbel Brooch and Bocalane for the rest of the book. Yeah, I, I, I felt I was I wasn't waiting on bated breath yeah, for their appearance. because uh because we move so the prologue is in italicized mm. and it's kind of this wordy fucking preamble from it's the so narrator funny. of this book and the very next thing that happens is he goes whose story is this anyway and then he keeps going and i yeah. went okay so the entire rest of this is going to be from his point of view oh so that's Got af- it. after the prologue okay okay yeah okay. after the prologue he says whose story is this anyway and yeah. then he keeps writing and i go okay so we are we are in his mind and steve would not have us in his mind and have Corporal Brooch and Boca Lane there and not be in their POV. So I knew yeah. that as long as we were with this guy, we we're not going to see them. And I figured that was going to last till the very end of the, of the book. Yeah, I, I, I'll, 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 I'll agree with you there. I, I just really quick will say the beginning of this book was like the funniest part of it for me. Um, because we have the prologue and it start. there's like this big oh, so quote good. at the top of the page says there will always be innocent victims in the pursuit of evil. Uh, and then there's like, you know, two, four pages of this italicized prologue. And, you know, it ends with what is a circle, but the mapping of each and every soul, which is like, Ooh, how mysterious we end the mysterious italicized prologue on this, like interesting sentence. And then we go on and it's still italicized. Uh, and we then spend the next like 15 pages describing like 30 people. And it's so fucking funny. It's so good. It's so funny. The only, the only concession Steve has ever made. And I, I will say to this, the only time he has ever been like, all right, this is for the readers out there is at the end of this prologue. He then does go. And just for clarity's sake, let's rename right. every one of them and give you one thing to remember. <laughs> I was like, thank God, Steve. So thank goodness. It's, it's really good. It's really funny. And yeah. And then immediately going into like the, the actual like recounting of the 23rd night or whatever. Yeah. Um, I was like, OK, well, I guess they're not going to be in this <laughs> at, at least for a while. And then I just like I, 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 I don't know kept waiting for a plot to happen i guess which was i suppose my mistake um, <laughs> how foolish of you yeah um and like it's an enjoyable read like the things that happen are funny and it's it's well written i think and i just like i can tell that steve had fun writing it but for me it just like wasn't i don't know it kind of like when i finished it i was like well that was like three hours that i'll never get back <laughs> god that just 
so crazy that that's how you feel. And I, yeah. And I guess maybe I just wasn't ready for like a hangout book time. You know, I guess, I guess what I'm saying is that I need plot and I can't read a hangout story. <laughs> mm. How, how did you guys, uh, in, did you guys enjoy our narrator? In what way? <laughs> did you find him, did you find him likable or like how he wrote about the events fun? I, I loved him. Yeah, I, think I was going to say, I'm guessing you loved him. I yes. think the tone was fun. I liked the tone he had, but I wouldn't say that he was like a, a fun <laughs> character or person. Oh, OK. All right. Fair. I just I want to gush about this book so much. I just want to meet other people who have read this book and it's been the favorite thing they've ever read. <laughs> Josh, the good news is I think there's a chance the the few cracked pot trail fans of the world will, <laughs> will perhaps be able to find you through this episode. Yeah, that's, that's what I you hope. Know? That's what I hope. My, my impression from talking about it is it's certainly a lesser read Malazan cut, you know? Right. Yeah. I think couching this in, in Malazan, like the fact that like this is quote unquote a Malazan story, I think is so funny to me. It is. It is. Just because like, you know, Malazan is so full of stuff and this is like void of anything. <laughs> yeah, but it is. It is very much. I, I think he retains a lot of what he does in Malazan in the, 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 the you know, the main 10. Hmm. In that, like, he doesn't mind just revealing that Tiny is a necromancer. <laughs> yeah. You know? Yeah. Everyone's got crazy shit about them, and he's just like, yeah, 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 no. Oh, and that guy knocked his head on the ground uh, from trying to attack somebody? Well, he's uh, he's inhabited by a god now. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's still got that Malazan bullshit flavor, you know? For I sure. I love it. For sure, for sure. Pete, what did you think? What are your thoughts? Scribbling away over there. Well, I've been enjoying listening to my friends talk. Um, what can I say? Besides, I also feel like this is not Steve's best work. Um, well, yes, I wouldn't say uh, I don't think it's his best work. I, that's I, I. So would you say it is his best work? I wouldn't say. OK, well, fair enough. I wouldn't say it's his best work. <laughs> Fucking God. All right. Never mind. Um, I would say, Josh, I'm thrilled you love this. <laughs> Oh, that's here, how i here feel. it comes here it comes come on <laughs> yeah. give it to us pete we're I'm, on a podcast yeah. give it to us i'm thrilled you love it it really was not for me in any sense of the word i in fact i read it twice oh what? wow because i read it once and i guess because i had such little understanding of who these people were <laughs> And I had such a bad time reading the book oh, that wow. I was like, well, maybe it's because I really didn't understand the characterization that seemed to have happened in the first never ending 20 pages of listing people and who they are. Sure. Mm -hmm. I was like, maybe if I read this again and then really kind of pay attention and go through the story again i would have a more satis and that was a wrong assumption that was <laughs> oh, yeah, not the correct sure. assumption to make i do not think this is one of those on a reread i'm really gonna get it yeah it's not this one uh, no in fact on a reread most i guess uh, the second time i liked it a little more but um everything i didn't like about it i continued to not like about it yeah um, see that doesn't shock me <laughs> So I don't know. I guess I read this story and to me, this seems to be some of uh, the worst of what wow. this ha of Malazan has to wow. offer. <laughs> A bold <laughs> statement. And and what I mean by that is. I'd love to know <laughs> what I mean by that is I feel like this story, you know, Steve wants to try and process something about art you know and these different ideas and whatever through some sort of comedic story 
But I guess instead of choosing to write a story with a characters and plot, I feel like we've I, like, what is this? Do you mean it's it's almost nothing? I feel right. Uh, I, but I, I think, don't know. I think the so I feel like first off, talking about art and stuff is such a big part of this. And that is why that is one of the reasons I think I will reread it is to like sit and actually think about all those things. The second read through. But but but, but Josh, if that's the case. Write an essay. Do you know what I mean? I would rather him cohere thoughts into a point as opposed to it really gets under my skin when Malzahn just has like two paragraphs of people asking rhetorical questions that kind of are just going around in circles of each other. All right. Now, and here, I'm oh, like, mm-hmm. I, I don't want that. I, I would I, if, if that's what we're doing, I would like that presented to me in a different format. And if we're doing a novel, I would like it to be some I will. I don't know. I, I just don't need two paragraphs of. You know, what if art's this way? Right. You know, I now, don't know. It just, it just really bothers me. Um, I mean, now, my question to you, though, is what is, I mean, isn't this whole book just a response to death of the author? You know, and you get down to it. There is like a there just is direct. A, there is a direct through line considering all of the artists are being murdered after, you know, well, and there's even a thing about the death. Thing. Of the, they yeah. say the death of the artist or the artist. Yeah, they is do. Dead, they do. They, and I had that they, same but, thought. I do yeah. get what you're saying. Like, I feel like this is maybe a bit too comedic for some of those things to land or like they could have been more concisely put yeah I, 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 listen i i got some laughs i feel like if i was laughing more i would be like haha a fun comedy but i wasn't laughing that much mm. mm-hmm. so i feel like what i walked away with was feeling like i didn't read a story and that i was kind of just reading some thin you know questioning that i would like if if that's what we wanted to do like let's just write an essay about the nature of the relationship of the artist to the audience, you know, mm-hmm. or something. Yeah. But, you know, Pete, writing essays can be boring. And you know what's yeah. not boring? <laughs> writing Cannibalism. Stories. Cannibalism. I, I disagree. I in, Reading essays is very engaging and interesting. Reading so. essays is engaging, but writing essays can be boring, I think. I think it I would, would actually, be more well, fun to write a story than write an essay. I would rather write an essay than read an essay. 100%. Well, I'll, I'll agree with this 100%. I would say like Willful Child, you can tell Steve's having a blast right in this battle. For sure. Yeah, for sure. I, I do think there's a type of unrestrained glee that kind of jumps off the page. You know, yeah. that is kind of infectious. Yeah. Yes. And that's why I think like inst- I think maybe he had this thought of like, hmm, here's a thing that I think about a lot as a professional artist. But I don't feel like getting all super academic about it. So let me just take my points and then let me write a Canterbury Tales and then let me just yeah. throw those points in there, you know. How did know. the uh, how did the twist at the end hit you guys? Was it like a big payoff or were you just kind of like, all right, what twist that the one person was actually a demon? And then that the so so like if you haven't read this, there's like this. And if you're going to read this, maybe don't listen for like a minute and a half. But uh, for those who have read, it, I'm talking about the twist at the end where it turns out that we've been led to believe that the carriage going with them is Emancipur Reese and then inside Corbo Rich Brooklyn, which I didn't believe after no. the, about two thirds way through. I was like, it's not them. Uh, but then that the narrator is actually like an assassin hired by the host to kill the old lady who's in that carriage. And he's, his whole method of assassination was weaving that tale to get them to kill each other. Did you did that? I thought it was pretty fun. I thought it was a little outlandish, even <sighs> even for Steven. It's a little much. Yeah, it was it was a, it was it was a bit it was a bit much. I, I I would say I don't know if this is just if I just glossed over it or something, but I I missed that like reveal, I suppose. 
Um, I, I like that specific reveal or just the way that it was written, the way that this character speaks is uh, yeah, kind of circular he, as well. He uh, had a obtuse. he had a conversation with with Sardic Thu and, you know, I think uh, the dancer was with them and they're like, wait, there was an old lady in there. And he's like, yes, she was the she was evil. She bought this this fool's family's debt yeah. was going to sell the child into sex slavery. So uh, he hired me to murder her. Yeah, I, 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 I remember the child sex slavery thing, but I did yeah. somehow not connect those dots. <laughs> well, it's tough because Sardic Fu for many, many times in the book is just called the host whose name I seem to have forgotten, which was very confusing at the beginning of the book for me. Hmm. I thought there was an unnamed host who was just there. I had to go back and check and realize <laughs> it was Sardic Fu. Hmm. Not to be confused with the other mother fucker whose name starts with an s and is very similar to that yeah a lot of similar names here well i, cre- and I created a list of all the names because they're so i ridiculous. just feel like it, it's very hard to keep track of them and mm-hmm. they're i don't know it's yeah. just well that was like halfway through the the character introductions i was like surely there's only one more page and then there was like nine more pages and i was like <laughs> oh yeah, okay. yeah yeah the characters do not <laughs> matter in this story characters i do not need to know anything about these characters like they're just going to be names on a page and then we can move on. And that was like, that was where I left it. And so then I skimmed the rest of the prologue. I was like, I don't give a fuck about the specifics of these people. Do you guys think you could, you could name all the characters right now? No. Well, I, I can because I wrote them all. I think, I'm, I think I've got the, the characters. I don't think I have their names. We have the host Sardic Thu. <laughs> we have the gruff woodsman who I can't remember his name, but it starts with an S. Tolgard Vise and Arpa Relent, the two knights. You have Tiny Flea and Midge, along with Relish, the Chanters. You have Purse Snippet, the Dancer. You have Brash Fluster. You have Callop Round. Uh, I want to shout out Brash Fluster, great my name. favorite character. Of this great thing. name. You have Apto Canavlian, who is the critic who comes. You have uh, Nifty, whatever his name is, along with the Entourage. Nifty Gum. Nifty Gum and the Entourage with the three girls. And then you have uh, Mr. Must, whatever his name is. The carriage driver and then the lady Dan talk. Yeah, I think that's it. I think I got everybody. Good so job. Fucking, so fucking list though, huh? Damn, bro. I can't believe you just pulled that all out. I do just want to point out that I, I'm I'm like 90% sure that Apto Canavalian is AP Canavan, the the guy, uh, the man who proofreads Steve's stories. Oh my uh, god. One of, one such of the a people good who proofreads. Oh, shout what out. What a to fucking AJ. pool. Yeah. And he's a critic, which is so yeah. fucking good. Yeah. So anytime, like, yeah. So anytime he was on the thing talking about critics, I was like, this is very funny. This is very That's funny. And I'm sure so AP Canavan, I'm sure AP had a great time reading this. That's incredible. What a great pool. Yeah. See, isn't the book better now, guys? All right, can we all agree it's a perfect book? I don't feel like there was. All I can say in this book is there are some jokes. That's what I would tell you. (laughs) There are some jokes. You know what there is also in this book is some fucking... And you know what? I was not prepared. It's, we should talk about it. This is this is easily there, there's some more sex to come in the series. Easily the most sex we've ever read in from Steven Erickson. So and this is what I actually this is what I one of the things I want to bring up about the fact that the sex scenes are written by the probably somewhat unreliable narrator. Somewhat. You know? So like. He, you know, he writes the scene of the narrator having sex with Relish Chanter, and it's like this, you know, bestial, violent affair where they are just like in the midst of fucking also beating the shit out of each other. And it's just this. And I'm like, 
I don't, mm, buddy, I don't know. I love when they come back to that and they're like, hey, do you want to have another role? And they're like, I don't know. We nearly killed each other last time. Yeah. It's like, yeah, but it could be fun. <laughs> Jesus <laughs> Christ. Yeah, it's, it was interesting. Pete, you have a thought? Interesting, Josh. I read that as more having to do with kind of equating a type of carnal desires of like that this sex is also like eating people, you know? Mm. Oh, interesting. I hadn't thought of it that way. Um, I don't be. know. That's how yeah. I read that. But I, I, I kind of like your take that. Are you saying like maybe they didn't have sex or that's just his no, they spin did on have their sex, sex? But it was just like uh, I just don't even know like what kind of sex Steve has had in his life where he's like actively fighting during it. You know, like that's just kind of a weird. It's a weird you know take on yeah. the the act. I, I, I feel like I feel like I, I mean it's our unreliable narrator, right? I feel like yeah. it is. He I'm has sure it was nothing like this, right? He has he he. This is what he thinks sex should be like. And yeah. so he's just like, look at my prowess. I can like exactly. spin her around by her ankles. It's like, what yeah. are you doing? Yeah, yeah. He's like, in that one scene, he is like fucking ripped if he's doing all that stuff. Yeah. It's like he's only ever heard people like fuck really hard. And he's like, this must <laughs> yeah. be what's going on. It sounds really violent. So I guess that's what we got to do. Right, right, right. <laughs> it sounds like they're attacking each other. Yeah. I've only seen it from afar. <laughs> Right. Um, but this doesn't compare to <laughs> the scene where what's her name? I had it a second ago. Purse snippet wraps around him, takes his cock with her foot and then one hand on balls, one hand <laughs> in butthole and then is there for three seconds and then is gone. And she's like, you'll get more of this if you if the story's good. <laughs> I was like, what the fuck? I did not. Steve, I wasn't ready. <laughs> I was I was not as I was as unprepared for the finger and butt as the narrator was. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of the storytelling, so part of the shtick is that they're all telling stories. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. that's like that's like how they're deciding in a sense. And I gotta say, one of the better parts of the so- story for me was the poetry. Oh yeah. Now you're talking about the sung poetry by Brash Fluster, right? Yeah. Really, just really good stuff. Every time we get into the verse of like them doing the, because you know when they're telling the stories in not verse, it's like whatever. I don't really care. But the yeah. verses that are like written purposefully to be bad are very funny and yeah. good, mm-hmm. in my opinion. Uh, so good. Yeah, I don't know. It's great. Yeah, that that, that stuff works for me. You know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Do, can that stuff sustain a whole short story? To me, that's no. The question. That's no, the question. I think there was like the perfect amount of that specific stuff in this. Oh, story. I agree. He that that didn't overstay its welcome. You know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I will say but, uh, the implication with that didn't overstay its welcome being the rest of the story did. I will yeah. say this story could be like forty to fifty pages at least shorter. Um, I agree, and I think I would have enjoyed it more. Um, I just kept I kept feeling like, like I would I was like checking where the end of the story was. And I was like, I still somehow have 100 pages left every single time I looked. I was like, how do I still have 100 pages? left? There's there's this book. Yeah, I do agree. That was the one thing for me was I read the first 100 pages in like one go. And I was like, oh, probably like, two, you know, two thirds of the way done. And then no, like one third. almost. Yeah, yeah, a third of the way done. That was that that first that first third's a slog. I think it gets better at the halfway point. Yeah, I agree. The opening is is a bad. I it is oh, I would I would almost say calamitous. I don't know. I mean, I know it's mirroring a type of style thing, but like just to open with listing all the characters is really tough. I think you know, I think it's a tough set. I think it's also incredibly necessary personally. To me, I think that is the best part of the story <laughs> because I think that is the part I think wow. that is the part of the story that's like 
it's telling you right up front, like, none of this matters. Like, I don't know. I, like I said, I read the first few pages of the character introductions and then the rest I just barely read. I was like, here's a name. OK, I'm going to keep going because, like, obviously there is no way a real human is like, hey, remember all these people and the things that are happening in their lives. Like, there's no way that Steve was like, hey, this is the like, you actually need to know stuff about these people. And it just felt like, you know, we we, we have this person telling this story um, and they just feel like this is how they have to introduce all of these characters. And like, I, I don't know. And I, I just thought it was really, really funny. I, re I really dug it. <laughs> Mm -hmm. I do not understand your point whatsoever, but I'm glad you dug it. I nodded and said, mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Look, Steve's just having fun, I think. He is. And oh, he's he's, he's poking fun, fun at, at his own stories that, like, here's 40 characters that I want you to know, and you will know them. And I don't know. I just, I, I and, and, you know, the whole idea of, like, the, the Canterbury Tales and stuff with, with the, the characters and whatnot. I don't know. I liked it. I thought it was good. <laughs> the beginning i mean i do think it's 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 a table setting piece and setting the table in a similar way as the canterbury tales as you said but um here's the real question if our show had existed do you think we would have got a call out in this you know if any of his books it would be in a corval brooch book. yeah i think yeah we i i like to think that would have peter would have been nifty gun and the three of us the entourage <laughs> <laughs> um nice um, that's funny I just love that Brash Fluster is funny and good, mm -hmm. and then he also wins the art century, the artist, artist of the century thing. Yeah. Up and coming. Um, up and is, coming. Is he good? His songs are very bad. Well, that's what I mean. I mean, good in the sense that it's funny. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. it's, it's, it, there's, but it's not so funny because his, his songs are all bad, and then he's talking to, uh, uh, what's his name? The, 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 speaker at one the point. The narrator whose name is dumb. It's like Fizz or something. Yeah. I can't think of what it, yeah, I totally Ava, Ava Didion well. something. something. Yeah, maybe? that's like that. And flicker, it, 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 flicker, flicker. Yeah, talking to Flicker, and it's like people never let me get to the good parts. They only ever hear the bad parts, <laughs> which is just really funny. Yeah, because uh, like, hey, dude, I think that maybe just means you don't tell good stories. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. I like when he does the like Anamander story for kids. Oh Very good. God. Bit. Really. Funny. Oh my god. Yeah. Here's, yeah. Yeah. Here's here's Fisher Keltas Anamanderus for children. Like, Jesus Christ. Very funny. And then or he does was it Ghost Tales of Gothos as well. as, yeah. Yeah, as a lullaby. Oh my God. It's <laughs> so good. One thing that this book did make me think of, I haven't read a lot of books in my life, but at one point I was, I was pretty into this author, Douglas Copeland, who is also a Canadian author. Wow. Um, but he wrote this, wow. he wrote this book. Could you imagine <laughs> two authors? He wrote this book called Generation A, which mm. is about like five or six people or something. I read it in like 2013. So I don't know if it's actually good or not. I, I feel that it centers around the same idea of like by the end of this book, people are just telling stories within the book. And it is very much a book about like how stories are told and, and whatnot and the importance of, of you know, art in this way. Um, so I, in my head, I, I was drawing a parallel there and it's kind of making me want to reread it. And honestly, they're about the same length. If I'm being totally honest with you, this book is about the same length as the uh, the wow. Cobra Roach story. But so that's just a fun little parallel. Uh, maybe I'll drop a like a. A book depository link or a thrift books link or something in the in the show notes well since if we're plugging similar books yeah. of course hyperion a great novel oh uh, man it's always on my list pete i keep i see it in bookstores all the time i had a used version i just never got to it it's one of those books though that i read for a long time called it one of my favorite books and then recently i learned the author's like a bad dude yeah I, I, yeah 
I forget what he's a bad dude about. It's about some subject, but I forget. I don't know. It's still a great book, though. So, so buy it secondhand. Yeah. Thriftbooks.com. Great website for secondhand books. This episode. Did you guys ever read any of those? Speaking of authors <laughs> who have uh, stepped in it. Sure. Did you guys ever read any of those Ender Games book? No. no. I. You know, I've learned about myself in the last few years that I'm actually very hard not into sci-fi. Wow. Interesting. How, what do you mean by that? I feel I, like I've become more curious about sci-fi than ever. I, yeah, I know, and I really think I should, but, like, my fiancé watches all of these, like, very... She's very into this new show called Upload. Uh, Upload and she watches... Fun. She watched The Feed. She watched... Like, anything that has to do with, like, cool sci-fi shit, and I dislike it immensely. Mm. Almost exclusively. Mm. And I don't... I do not know why. Mm. Yeah, I mean, I'll t- I'll tell you, I'm in agreement. I mean, listen, sci-fi is interesting. I, I'm not trying to. I mean, it's such a broad thing. It's in some ways a useless genre, uh, nomenclature. But mm. I will say, definitely, I'm really stoked when orcs show up. You know, whatever the scenario is, if orcs and axes are around, I'm like, hell yeah. <laughs> and I don't feel that way about spaceships. If a spaceship's around, I'm kind of like, yeah, whatever. Sure. You know, but instinctively if someone turns into a dragon it's a better book agreed pete have either of you seen matt damon's the martian yes the martian's great Mar- the martian's really good i like that yeah martian's good but what if there were orcs on mars <laughs> <laughs> i'm just saying instantly, i think instantly i'm like sounds like a better movie yeah i think the martian is a really good example of like uh 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 science fiction that's just like hey here is a whole bunch of like quote unquote actual science and like that's what the whole story is the the movie is pretty much like beat for beat yeah. the book but it's there's no like no one's shooting lasers or anything it's just this dude on mars planting you know potatoes and then there's a bunch of science uh, i'm so sorry oh my fiance has texted to inform me that i did enjoy altered carbon season one so <laughs> she, she's not wrong i did really like altered carbon season one um <laughs> I believe Neil deGrasse Tyson today tweeted like, you know, Bruce Banner would have just died in three days from gamma radiation. <laughs> and fun. See, that's that's that shit. At I a don't certain want. point, science guys, you need to take a step back. You know, I saw a fucking it was a click hole article written by quote written by Neil deGrasse Tyson. That was like in the grand scheme of the universe, uh, a 17 year old and a 61 year old are basically the same age. <laughs> It's just like talking about like, you know, how he he wants to date his students or whatever. It's just very funny. That's funny. I did did not know. Check out that click hole article if you haven't. Anyway, back to the Crackpot Trail. As I said, very loose, very loose show for us today. Yeah. yeah. AJ, which one of these? I've I've claimed brash fluster for my own. Uh, Which one of these characters? Did any catch your eye? I also liked the the knights. I thought they were kind of funny. I liked Brash Fluster for sure. I enjoyed the the recounting of the tale. Mm. Um, I think I, ju- I think the Chanters are my are my favorite as a unit because I mean Flea and Midge are basically the same character and they only exist for Tiny to say right guys and for them to go right right. <laughs> Um, yeah, so good. a really funny bit that did not get old for me. J- Josh, in a way, it's funny that you haven't read Willful Child because this is so adjacent to yeah, those. This is I don't the, know. They yeah. share they share immense similar DNA of just Steve going for a kind of just nonstop comedy kind of assert absurdist almost. Just, yeah, thing, I, I you know? need. I do need to read that book. I've, I know you guys have talked. Do you want mine? <laughs> sure. Yeah. Sounds great. <laughs> nice. I've been trying to get rid of them. <laughs> Um, wonderful 
Star Trek's good. I feel like I should get into anyway. That's a whole separate Star conversation. Trek is good. Just was which me. We watched Star Trek four for the Patreon. Had an awesome time. Yeah. Can't wait. Can't. <laughs> would, That's the thing. I would I watch it again. I don't know if we're just watching the good stuff, but like every Star Trek thing I watch, I'm like, that was fun. You know, it did exactly like, what I needed. I'm it like to be. another banger. You did it, Gene. <laughs> you know, you did it, Gene. Let's not give him too much credit. All right, uh, J- Josh. Uh, what do you got? What do you got for me? Favorite character. Favorite character. Arpo Relent. Arpo Relent. The Well Knight. Very good. Because he's a fucking idiot <laughs> throughout. He's just a big dumb dummy the whole time. He's never really sure what to be doing at any moment. Uh, there's like that whole moment where it gets very tense between the Chanters and the and the Well Knight, or sorry, and Togard Vise and the the Hunter. And it takes it takes Arpo a long time to catch on that like, hang on a minute. Then he has to like get his axe out, but it takes him like fucking forever. <laughs> I love that scene. And then he does hit his head, go unconscious, wake up, ride his horse backwards, and just jerk off the rest <laughs> of the book. Jerk off the whole time. And you know what? There's a part of me that's like, I, I can see it, you know? You're just kind of like, what's going on? What's this? I like this. I'm a fan of this. And like, Steve writes that he like, beats it like four times in a row, and then he's just like, it's not working anymore. Love. Yeah. It's just so stupid and so crass, and like, it's so crass and like, but also... Steve writes so fucking poetically all the time that it's like weird to see him write those words too. So I think it just like it's yeah, so, Josh, you should read Wilful so Child for me. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know. No, I agree, Josh. So in a way, it's like, oh, Steve, I didn't know, dirty bird. I didn't know you were dirty like yeah. that, Steve. You know, yeah. I, I, unless you have uh, anything more to say, I do. Just I, I think we should end this off with the 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 back of the book blurb and then see how we all feel about it. Oh, I'm ready. Sure, hit me. All right. On the run and pursued by those defenders of decency, sanity, and civilization, the Nehemonthani, the two necromancers make haste across a desolate wasteland, and the trail they follow is transformed into a tortured path of deprivation. Oh, man. I don't think Steve wrote that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, actually. I mean, maybe Steve wrote it, but that's one of those things where it's... <laughs> but to, to be fair, it's like... How do you pitch this thing? You know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. 20 characters who we do not need to know. Yeah. Are, are walking toward a place pitched, where they are. <laughs> even if you pitched it as what it is, like a an absurd cannibalistic comedy about the nature of art. Wow, Pete. You yeah. know, it's like, I don't know. That's uh, that's nothing. You know, no, what, what, that's uh, people would then not that they probably wouldn't think that that this is what they're getting anyway. You know? But yeah, and I don't, I don't think Steve is one to to put the themes of his book on the in the blurb, you know, um, no, it would be weird to do that. Yeah. Um. Uh, yeah, I, it's just I, 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 I read it when I first got the book, obviously, and then I read the story and then I read it again afterwards. And I was like, were they there secretly? Were they secretly in this caravan and we just didn't know about it? Um. But I'm, it's good to know that upon reading it a second time, Pete, that you didn't get anything more out of it, because I think that would be the, the only reason I would read this again is like maybe they were secretly there the whole time. I well, don't know. I definitely got a little more out of it. I definitely enjoyed it more. Sure. Um, but overall, I'm still pretty cool on it. And that uh, I don't know. I, I feel like I was pretty harsh on the show, but um, <laughs> I will say this. I'm glad Josh loved it. I know there are fans of it. I will say I don't know. Read 50 pages of it. If you get a copy of I mean, I agree. If you are if you're not locked into what it's doing, I don't think reading more of it's going to. Yeah. yeah, you certainly get the idea after the first night. 
Yeah, but I would definitely say read past the long introduction of characters because that's for sure. For sure. I don't know, Josh, do you have any other thoughts about this? This top malice book of all time for you? It's it's perfect uh, for people who want who like it. And it's it's, (laughs) I I just think Malazan's such a divisive series already. And I didn't think Steve could make a more divisive book in it. And he did. Yeah. So Josh's hot take. If you like it, you'll love it. Yeah. <laughs> um, that sounds like a shitty pizza ad. <laughs> Papa John's, if you like it, you'll love it. Yeah. I actually I I I've been taking the train into New York for a job and I, I went through Trenton, New Jersey, and there's a big bridge in Trenton, New Jersey that says Trenton makes the world takes, which I think is a wild like catchphrase a for a very city. dystopian. It's extremely and <laughs> it that's feels like si- a call to arms by a revolutionary group within Trenton, New it's Jersey. It's on the side of this bridge. It's in huge letters. It's crazy. <laughs> Um, anyway, sorry. One hundred percent. It sounds like it's there to foment resentment. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's the outside world. We have an occupier state. Trenton must revolt. <laughs> anyway, wow. <laughs> to be fair, I know shit about Trenton politics, so maybe there's a good, you know, some reason to that shine. I'm you sure know, maybe but. during the Industrial Revolution, it was some sort of like mecca for like they made cogs or something <laughs> i don't know dude but i can't even think of a positive spin on that phrase do you know what i mean it purely sounds oh, no, for sure it's like it's trenton versus the world like yeah. <laughs> that's the only takeaway anyway um, yeah i mean i i love i listen i really enjoyed the first collection of Bachlin corporal brooch stories so i look forward to reading the other ones because mm-hmm. i mean i you know i don't know i think the other ones are some of the better stuff Steve's written. I don't know. I always feel that about his shorter stuff that it's really strong. Yeah. Um, I just don't think this one clicked for me. So I would definitely say, I don't know. I'm, I'm look forward to reading fiends and nightmare, especially since this one kind of teases what they're up to. Yeah. You know, I think that's kind of, yeah, fun. I think it goes into the next one, which is that he doesn't do any other time. Yeah, he does I, a couple. I, he he, it, he he at the end of each of these stories, he like teases some like next story, like the one where they were on the boat, the leaves of Laster's End, I think, where they're on the boat at the hmm. at the end. There's some sort of like sea monster or something that is chasing them. Yeah, but, or there's sorry, yeah, there's some like, other boat that's chasing them. But then we never. Yeah, get but that. this one like literally goes into the next short story. Yeah, mm. because the next directly, short story it, there was a t. Te- yeah, it like directly is connected to it. Oh yeah. wow, okay. Yeah, that's that the uh, the worms of whatever I think. Wormout. No, I think it's fiends that's of the, nightmare. Fiends yeah. of nightmare. Oh, you're right. You're right. One, the yeah. first one's the worms. Yeah, 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 yeah. But the first one's worms. I thought worms was six. In this collection, it's worms, crackpot trail, nightmare. Yeah. yeah this collection. Are I'm you saying. kidding me? I'm. It's right there. Because this is the middle worms. of the three books. Damn, bro. I thought. Okay. Well, whatever. We recorded it and read it. So. <laughs> no, we've not read. It we've not read worms yet. Yeah. What are you talking about? What I mean, this one, I thought we were recording number four, but I guess. No. Yeah. I when I think Trail was the, the order that they're in is not the publishing order. That's not the order they came out. What the fuck is up with that? Um, I don't know. It, I, I assumed Trail, you knew. When you told me we were reading the middle one, I was like, whatever. Sure. Yeah, well, Crackpot Trail came out in 09 and then Worms came out in 2012. So this is the fourth published one. Ah, uh, OK. OK. And then Nightmare. I wonder why they're published that way. I guess when we read Worms, we'll find out. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I think it's because starting off this collection with this story, I don't think is a hot, a hot idea. <laughs> That's probably the correct call. That was probably if that was the publisher's call, right call. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe it was Steve's call. I don't know. Yeah. But but yeah, I, I agree with you, Pete. I'm looking forward to the other two. I think if this weren't a Corporal Brooch and Bocalane story, I would like it a little more. Uh, like if it weren't couched in, in that, like if it were just like, here's another story, 
that Steve wrote, which like, I don't know, uh, less than halfway through. I was like, this is just another story. We don't need to call this. a. We don't need to couch this in Corporal Brudge and Poker Lane, I don't think. Yeah, I'll say this. I enjoyed hearing Josh's perspective, as obviously I didn't really say anything for the first half of the show. So other cracked pot heads out there, why don't you write in? Yeah, let's I would love to hear the hot the the. The, cracked the hot, pot cracked heads pot is takes. not a great cracked pot heads is really good actually <laughs> it, it, i didn't know that's the, how i said it but it's what came out now isn't it <laughs> yeah send us your oh. your emails send us your discords i'd love to hear your thoughts yeah um cool anything else no that about it for today that's it for today um yeah. that's it for today next week there will be something yeah we'll see it's a mystery I'm gonna not, and that's I'm not, not gonna leave that part in. <laughs> okay, AJ just cut out something because they're a tyrannical producer. I tried wow. to have a sign off. AJ refused to put it in the show. Next week wow. there will be another episode of the podcast, so we look forward to seeing you then. Potentially. Well, there'll be an an episode. I'm tired. Let's right. get out of here. Bye, everybody. Goodbye. Bye. Bye.